What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that we do, in every space that you occupy. Hey, I'm one of the hosts here. I'm Conroy Smith, and we got Tony. Tony, say what's up to the people. I am always here. What's going on? Guys, we have a great episode. We got a real talk today, but it's going to be a unique real talk. Tony, can you let the people know why? What's going on? It's unique because we're doing this thing called Book Club. Book Club. We're just going to go through different books and uh, spend an episode chopping it up and uh, sharing our thoughts. So today we are discussing Between the World and Me uh, by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi. Yes. I've uh, listened to a lot of podcasts with him on it. And that's how I know. So for those who don't know, it's oh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, and because he has a, well, in the book, you'll find out like a different uh, upbringing. But let's jump right into this book. Um, first of all, uh, this book is dense. Yes. And not necessarily like it's a hard read. It's that like every line, every paragraph, you, you, you can't check out essentially. Because if you check out, you'll miss a story. You'll miss um an experience and that was kind of my favorite part because um tony and i we like to do audio books and i i had to be locked in for this one because i didn't want to i didn't want to miss any what was your experience like listening to i mean i think you should write like that it's not that you don't that you can't check out but like you won't want to check uh because he's talking about his experience of like I, I love I love the way he constantly brings it back to his body. Mm. Um because we I think we often that the black experience the body experience our body remembers the trauma that we are the trauma that our our ancestors endured. So um he really reminded us that the struggle against the black body, um Involves the whole body, not just an intellectual uh, thing that we. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that. You've you've said that on multiple episodes um, about how uh, what do you say? Trauma knows no time, right? Yes. And he definitely captures that throughout the episode, or not episode, but throughout the book. Um, a couple of things I wrote down from chapter one is like he witnessed some crazy things as a child and I have too, but what, what the book made me realize um, is that racism, racism is real and some people experience it more than others. I would say some of the experiences he talks about just in chapter one, um, we didn't go through like, you know, not to that extent, right? The racism that we've experienced um, is growing up in our small town looks different than what he experienced, you know, growing up in, in New York. Um, so that was that was a big a big thing for me um to to kind of like it just took me back and I was like wow like I already knew racism was real and I knew people experienced it differently but like he put it so eloquently in the words that like made me sit back and like man I had it rough but like people had it right and speaking of that like the one line he says race is the son of racism Mm. not the father. Mm. And I remember 
listening to that line and being like stopped in my track uh because it's it's true the this concept of race was born out of racism mm-hmm. racism wasn't um mm-hmm. you know race was basically to define who has power who was white and everyone um that's why you often had ethnicities fighting to be white the only way to have power have a stance in society was to Mm -hmm. you know what another another um he talked a lot about classism he talked a lot about redlining and just things that he he realized from a very young age um one thing he said in in the first chapter he said school essentially was a means to escape from death and i was like wow and I, and I think about how there, that is true for a, a lot of black and brown bodies that like them going to school is giving them a chance to live even longer because they're not in the streets. Them going to school is them giving, giving them a chance to get an education and it's a way to escape from death. Maybe I know when I was growing up, there was there was crazy situations um, with like drug dealers and, you know, police busting down doors that I've experienced. I've witnessed firsthand but going to school it's like a safe haven it's almost like a whole nother world and that was one of the reasons now i think about it that i loved going to school there was maybe four years five years straight i never missed a day even if i was sick i would still go wouldn't do that now no shut up but um it was it was a way to escape from my my reality um some some critics say about this book that it it could be described as a letter to the world, right? Um, how do you think his message throughout this book uh, resonates to the readers and is a letter to the world? So I think I think it's a letter to the world uh, because it's his story. It's what he has lived. He's not just giving you his opinion. Like, this is what he experienced. Mm-hmm. He experienced a Jesus-loving, kind friend that was engaged, get shot by police, and the police um, just letting it go. Like, and so it's hard to refute, uh, but, like, this this read is, is not for the faint of heart. Like, you come across hard truth, you have to ask yourself, are you ready to sit with it? Because you can't just dismiss it because you don't like his story. It is his story. And it's uh, most black and brown body story. And so it's a letter to the world, uh, to the white world, to say, see me and hear me. But it's even even a letter to us saying, I see you. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It is a letter to us that I see you. And there's nothing like being being seen. I think we take that for granted. You know, he talks a lot about um okay, one question. So, he's he mentioned the Mecca. It, when he talked about Mecca, is he talking about Howard? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, often a lot of black people will will refer to Howard as the Mecca. So, I've already had FOMO of not going to an HBCU. And then after right. reading this, I was just like, I'm jealous I didn't go to Howard. Bro, after, after reading this, I was like, 
I Commodore's gonna come back to the East Coast, and we gotta spend like a weekend at Howard. Yes, I literally was think. I was yes. literally thinking the same thing. Yes, I definitely. I want to. I just want to go and experience the the beauty in it. The beauty in you know we talked about this in our one of our recent episodes about the black card. I want to see the beauty in being able to go to a campus full of black and brown bodies that can just be and whatever that looks like and can just be they can be artists they can be athletes they can be nerds they can be in the anime or they can you know whatever they want and i would just love to go witness that and just sit in that and just just watch um because you know he talked about his experience and him being from new york and only witnessing like ground zero witnessing the wildest of the wild type of of black people and then going to Howard and seeing a black person from France or a black person from Africa and being able to have these conversations with them and expand his mind. It was really cool because what I felt like what was happening is we kept seeing his mind expand right on the black diaspora. And I feel like I've gone through that multiple times in my life just by traveling. And it was cool to see he experienced that at the Mecca in Howard. Yeah, I... I often dreamt of going to Howard. Um, my my grandmother lives in D.C. and she went to Howard for graduate school. And I I always, you know, not growing up with the black side of my family, I always had this feeling that if I went to Howard, I would finally see blackness in all of it. Mm. Did you even, so you said you had that thought. Um, what about when you like, you know, we were getting ready to graduate college or high school, excuse me, and looking at colleges was Howard or even any HBCU. Was that ever like in like running? No, because my mom said if I if I went to college, I had so mm-hmm. I was like, all right. <laughs> I never had the thought of going to an HBCU My the church I used to be at in high, in, uh, high school. It was part of a denomination that had you know churches and often hbcus actually most colleges were founding off a christian principle and most hbus is founded on black christian principle mostly and i was like ah no i just never thought because i'm like i wanted to play sports at a high level and there's none of it existed until now right where howard is actually you know well known for track and field and jackson state because of Deion sanders is now well known for football so I'm like, dang, if I could go back now, I would have considered going to, to Howard. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my college experience, but there's nothing like being around that many black people. I think it would have been a culture shock 100% growing up where we grew up. Right. Um, right. But I think it would have been a beautiful, a beautiful thing for sure. Absolutely. So I, I'm curious in chapter two, um, he, Tana, he sees, Talks about uh, finding his uh, friend's mom, emailing her and connecting with her after his friend died. Like I know for me, when I when I heard that, I got real emotion. How did you feel when when he talked? To me? Yeah, it was it was like I said, this book is heavy, and I thought that part was was heavy because that specific friend you're referring to, Prince. Right. Yes, yes. That specific friend helped expand Tanahasi's mind, right? And it was just somebody he was just kind of fascinated by. And 
to hear like that happened to him after Tanasia, like he had, he was married. Uh, I think he had a kid at that point. And then they get that email and go to visit his, his mom. I thought was this, I just thought it was a lot. It was, it was definitely emotional. Um, what the mom said about Prince, I thought was just beautiful. How she just kind of talked about who he really was, why he was the way he was and how it just allowed us, the readers to understand just different, I can't remember where Prince was from, where that family was from. Do you remember? Like, it was it, it wasn't Africa. Was it Africa? Oh, no, it, where were they from? So I don't know country of origin, uh-huh. but I want to say they lived somewhere. In- yes, you're right. I, for some reason, I want to say like somewhere in the Caribbean or something like that. But um, just to hear the mom talk about how much she, you know, loved him, but it also broke my heart because it was almost like. It wasn't almost like nothing happened to the to the cop. I didn't realize Prince Georgia County Police Force was like that. Was like just doing things actively multiple times, and then essentially he just got a slap on the wrist. And that this is frustrating because that happened has happened way too many times. We've seen it happen in our lives, our adult lives, way too many times, where a black or brown body is killed and that police officer gets a slap on the wrist. And it was just, it was frustrating. And also my heart broke for the mom because she was just like, right, like there's nothing we could do. And that's just like, that was tough for sure. Yeah, and it it brings me back to uh, a song. I forget this song, but it's by Kevin Gates. And he just asked this simple question. When will my body? When when will my body not speak louder? Like like Prince was an amazing guy, but just by his black body, we seen that. And like no matter what, because of his black body, they could claim a threat, and the police officers get off scot free. And it's like, wait, like when will this narrative change? Yeah, I, I did want to talk. Um, I did want to ask you because you you have a son um, who. I, oh, sorry. I think one thing he did so beautifully is throughout the book he kept coming back to when his son witnessed. Um, I I forget what murder and said I I gotta go like because because it, it was every time that was brought back up I just got chills of like like. That is insane. So, well, on on that, I wanted to ask, like, because you are now you have a son, and he's going to be tan. You know, he's going to be what? Ha- he's going to be three quarters or one fourth black. But you know, he's going to have black features. And you know, Tanahasi Coates talks about the the talk that many black parents have to have with their children about how to navigate racism. Um, how are you nervous about that talk or? Like, how do you plan on delivering or having that talk with your son? Uh, that's that's a hard question because uh, I almost feel like there's a little shame in my response because part of me is thankful that my son more white than um like he he just looks like he has more white black features um. If you know what to look for, you can definitely tell that like he's mixed with some. Um, but 
I think I'm glad because I don't really feel like I have to worry as much. Um, and that's probably not even, uh, and I realized that, um, but I'm also nervous because he's not going to understand why this conversation is gonna need to happen. Um, you know, needing to teach him the, like what the N word means and to not allow others to, to say it to him and just, these are complexities that we shouldn't have to teach little ki- little kids, but we do because of this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a rough conversation, and you know we pray that the world would be better by the time he gets our age or even high school. That uh, there are things in in places and systems that can that can help him. So. Um, I did want to talk about a little bit about chapter two. He said a couple lines that I, I had to write down. He was like, I know that whenever I saw the police, something had already gone wrong. And it was like almost so it was just it was this eye opening that like, wow, something has already gone wrong. Not that they're coming to fix something like something's already gone wrong. And then he also said something about that just struck me by surprise. He said Manhattan, when he was talking about New York, Manhattan used to be a place where there was like slave sales and now it's this big touristy attraction. And I was like, wow, that was, that was just eye opening to me of how I don't want to say gentrification works, but just how like America kind of has just took something that was so brutally horrible and turned it into Manhattan, the, you know, heart of New York today. I just thought that was just, that was wild to me. Yeah, right. Like, I think going back to this constant romanticizing of our history and, and people don't realize the ugly truths of, like, what really happened in the spaces they are into, to slaves, into, like, this was the North we were talking about. Like, <laughs> New York is North. And, yeah. and we still had this, like, <laughs> ugly stuff happening. And so, you know, that's why it's important for us to be doing our research in knowing true history. Because you're not reading about that. That's too ugly for America. Mm-hmm. He said one other thing. I don't know if you caught that or caught it when, when you were reading. But he said Bin Laden wasn't the first person to bring terrorism to, to Manhattan. And that's when he kind of talked about how it was a slave a place where they sold slaves. And I was just like, bruh. Like, when he made that connection, I was just like, wild. Right. It was just, I don't know, I was just taken aback by that. Yeah. Um, you know I, what? He, he he talks about, um, oh, go ahead. Um, I, I was just going to say, overall, um, his writing is massive. Like, his writing is captivating, just insanely. Definitely five stars. Yeah, it it keeps you engaged. Like you said, it, like all we talked about in the beginning, it wasn't that like we wanted to check out. It's like I wanted to stay locked in because I want every word had me had me captivated. Every word, every paragraph I wanted, I was in it. Like it was so beautifully wit- written. You know, the, one of the themes and the ideas from the book is the beautiful struggle and to see who he is today, how he's loving on his son and teaching his son 
about the world and allowing his son to see the world based on his struggles that his son may never actually have to go through truly is a beautiful, a beautiful struggle. And to see him, you know, being a director on Black Panther and all this stuff, I'm this or a writer. It's like the black experience truly is a beautiful struggle. As hard and as ugly as some of the struggle is, we somehow figure out how to persevere and turn it into beauty. Literally beauty from ashes. Right. And and I think also like I just I loved how vulnerable he was with his son. And like mm-hmm. he even talked about how I don't want you to be hood. I don't want you to have to learn this street. Like I feel like most black fathers that grow up as he did would want their sons to be rough and tough, um, hard, hard with, and like Tanahisi was like, nah, like I, I want you to, I want you to be, I, w- I don't want you to have to know, um, the struggle the way that I did. And like he even talked about like, his son being his son having privilege, but also just because of his body, he doesn't, which I thought mm. was interesting. Yeah, this is definitely one I think I would read again. Um, yes, five stars, 10 out of 10 would recommend for anybody to read. Um, anybody who who's even curious about what the black experience is like, he just words it so well. And not everybody's experience is like that. I will say that. but. That is a great indication of overall what a black experience in America, I would say Northeast, even the South probably has to go through. So um, any of our listeners, go get the book. It is amazing. It's it's great on uh, Audible as well. He reads it, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Another great episode tony and i'm so glad we got to do this book club together um we are working on our next book we will let you guys know what our next book will be um but this one knocked it's gonna be hard to cap to be honest (laughs) i think whatever next one we get it it just we just have to keep leveling up from here so guys go get the book between the world and me by tanahasi coates um also shout out to msw media for having us on their platform give us a like a review go to our link tree you can support us um if you want to be a part of our podcast or know anybody that wants to be a part of our podcast our information is on our link tree so next time y'all be authentic in everything that you do peace peace out